We save hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast. And we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere. Is that clear? <laughs> All right, in case you're wondering, that, that is a picture of the International Space Station behind me, and this is the Whiskey Talking. This is a show about, sort of about Ukraine, probably more about Russia, and a little bit about space. So if I pop over to improve the news, um, yeah, not Facebook. We could we could spend all day on Disney, but I'd rather not. Um, Russia citing sanctions threatens to end international space station cooperation. Dmitry Rogozin, my Russian pronunciation is not great. Uh, Rogozin, that's probably that sounds Russian. Dmitry Rogozin, the head of Russia's space agency Roscosmos. We need to get a Russian on here to help us. <laughs> I must break you. Dmitry Rogozin, the head of Russia's space agency Roscosmos, threatened to end cooperation with the International Space Station on Saturday, citing Western sanction on his country. So basically they're saying, hey, if you're going to sanction us, we're not going to cooperate on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. I wondered how long that was going to take. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of the sanctions have been in place since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is the first time they've threatened to say they're not going to cooperate anymore. Or it's but another part of me was like, well, who cares? They just grabbed a hold of. Right, right. Um, but apparently there are reasons to care that we'll get to here in a minute. Um, but he said the, the sanctions are illegal. The guy from the country that invaded their neighbor based on not even made up anything like (laughs) they didn't even bother to try to make up anything like you know at least at least the u.s had the decency to make some stuff up when they invaded iraq (laughs) like some plausible sounding things yes yes for a hot minute they seemed plausible yes uh but you know russia didn't even have the common decency to come up with something believable Mm -hmm. went ahead and invaded uh ukraine Talk about illegal. And on all these international things, when people talk about stuff being illegal, I always like, it just always sounds funny. It's like illegal. Yeah. I mean, is there like a, what's illegal? I mean, you the, the drinking age in this country is different than the drinking age in this country. So they're, one's illegal in the other country. So how do you balance out what's illegal globally? You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I look at global the global system of laws <laughs> is similar to if the government collapsed. Let's say in the U.S. the government just flat out collapsed, right? Yeah, and somebody was, you know, a, a, an eighteen year old was drinking a beer. You mm-hmm. go, hey, that's illegal, and they would go, according to who? <laughs> There's no government. Some folks might say it's Jesus. There are some laws like there's the international criminal court of justice in the hague um mm-hmm. you know it's one of those cities that starts with the <laughs> which makes me wonder do the people in the hague call it the hague or do they just say hague 
anyway. <laughs> like, do we call it port here? Because <laughs> lap port is the door, so we just call it port. port. Yeah, we just call it port. Um, but you know, there's this international system of what's considered normal, what's considered legal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're like these sanctions are illegal. I wonder what would would have made them legal. But anyway, he said they were designed to bring Russia to its knees and that cooperation on joint ISS projects would only be possible after their complete and unconditional removal. When I read uh, these sanctions were designed to bring Russia to its knees, I was like, wait, is that Russia saying that? Or is it yeah, yeah. saying that? Because, yeah, that's exactly what they were designed. So he's right about that. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Um the U.S., Europe, and other allies, such as Japan, imposed a series of wide range. Well, we know that. Um, it comes as Russia and the U.S. have enjoyed enjoyed almost two decades of cooperation through the ISS, most recently with U.S. astronaut Mark Vanda High returning to Earth in a Russian Soyuz capsule on March 30th. That one was, uh, remember in the early days of the war, people were like, uh, are they going to give him a ride home? Are we going to have to send mm-hmm. an Uber? What are we going to do? Elon Musk to the rescue again. <laughs> Elon Musk has an Uber, a space Uber. <laughs> space I got, Uber. Don't give him no ideas. <laughs> what if he sent that Tesla with the don't panic? Uh, <laughs> it just kind of cruises up beside. <laughs> yeah. Get in, losers. We're going back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, get in, losers. We're going laugh reacting. <laughs> going back to Earth. Um, so apparently they did uh, give him a ride home. <laughs> As things stand... Uh, the agreement between the U.S. and Russia and other nations involved in the ISS runs until 2024. The U.S. wants to extend this to 2030. Um, it's an interesting spin. You know, the ISS mm-hmm. has long been an important symbol of human cooperation against a backdrop of wars and savagery. Its breakup would be sad for science and humanity. I would Arm- think if you yeah. were like, okay, say you're, you're, you're astronauts, you know, you got... You're on the International Space Station. You're astronauts. One would think that being so far removed from everything, seeing you know, seeing your planet down there and working with all these other people and realizing the the frailty of it all and the importance of what you're doing, I mean, wouldn't you think picking sides at this point, even... I mean, it could go both ways, either the Americans or the Russians or whatever, but you're kind of beyond that at that point, I would think. Why Why are you, you know, if that makes any sense? I guess if you're going to talk about a global community, you're literally looking at it from space. So I would think it'd be a little bit more open-minded, and, but I don't know. The Well, there was actually an astronaut um, who said, people have problem on Earth. On orbit, we are one crew, as one of the Russians Skaplerov there said on a live <laughs> NASA broadcast. The space station is a symbol right, of friendship and cooperation and future of exploration of space. And in fact, you know, the um Russians uh sent some astronauts, cosmonauts, they call them, to um mm-hmm. to the space station. And they arrived, you know, on, on like March 3rd or some, you know, not long mm-hmm. after the invasion. When they got yeah. there, they had yellow spacesuits with yeah. blue patches, like the colors of Ukraine. Yep. Right? 
<laughs> I saw that. <laughs> now, whether they did that on purpose, we, you know, of course, we want to believe they did that on purpose to show support for Ukraine. But of course, the official Russian line is no, no, those were the suits they were going to wear. In fact, those are the colors of the college that those three guys uh, graduated from. So, <laughs> do we have? Hey, do we have the name of that college? Could we look yes. look that up and see called bullshit or not? It's not called bullshit college. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's the one out in Utah. <laughs> yeah, the University is. of Phoenix. Uh, okay, all right. So this is right. where they. This is from where they graduated. Uh huh. So it's just a happy coincidence. Very happy. This is by <laughs> who's this by? This is by. It gives the quote. It doesn't say who it is. I can't remember who it is. It's an astronaut that was on the moon. And he mm -hmm. said, when I watched the horizon, I saw the abrupt contrasting transition from Earth's light-colored surface to the absolutely black sky. I enjoyed the rich color spectrum of the Earth that is surrounded by a light blue areola. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's, we're mature okay, here. How old are we? <laughs> That's not the quote I was looking for. Okay, you cut that out. Okay. Here's the quote, and it's by Edgar Mitchell. You develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter of a million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I Look love that it. because that's like, you know, the last time humans were on the moon was the early 70s. And that's kind of how those guys talk. <laughs> that's right. They I somehow, they even had a cigarette. The they, they even had a cigarette lit inside their helmet when they said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was dangling from his lips. Doing the, doing the waggle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at that, you son of a bitch. Um, so the, that's one narrative. That's one narrative. And I, it's, you know, I get it. I mean, they're not, he's not wrong at all. The other narrative is it was a short-sighted decision from the U S to rely on Russia for the success of its space missions. The recent events in Ukraine underscore the need to immediately break this dependency and for the U S to develop its own capabilities. And yeah, that too. It's like these two, it's like. <laughs> You either believe narrative A or narrative B. Why not both? If, you know, whiskey talking is nothing if not a show that will tell you why you should care. <laughs> <laughs> We're here because we care. Um, so, he's, so he said that the um, prospects of cooperation will be presented to federal authorities after Roscosmos has completed its analysis. It's basically a threat. They're not going to... I mean, Russia gets... That's probably one of their few sources of income now, because when they ferry astronauts to the International Space Station, they get paid, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing about the the International Space Station is, at least from my, you know, nerd background is, that's always the thing that when World War Three happens, eventually when it its orbit decays and it crashes on Earth, they then, the survivors have to fight off you know, mutant monkey people and dinosaurs that came back for some reason. And <laughs> there, there was um, Last Man on Earth. 
Is that what it was called? The recent comedy series. Um, was it Why the Last Man or the last the one? Well, Why the Last Man was the was the comic series it was based on. Oh, really? Yeah. The show, read... I think the show is better. <laughs> now I got to. Oh, OK. So I don't need to worry about reading the. I mean, but but opinions are subjective. So, you know, that is for sure. But it was I like the series and it, mm-hmm. it, his brother, the main character's brother um, was up in the International Space Station. Right, right. And um, took a, like grabbed a, a, some kind of pod and like escape pod and came back down to Earth. And of course, everything was, had gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> the strategy was let's have the, you know, Russia will handle sort of the work a day, like what you would expect the Soviets to handle, right? Just the, mm-hmm. they're really good at like setting them up, knocking them down. We'll do the cargo flights. We'll do the fuel. We'll ferry people back and forth from the International Space Station. Meanwhile, the U.S. can focus on, you know, Hubble Space Telescope and James Webb Telescope mm-hmm. and you know, missions to other planets and, um, you know, sort of that stuff. So I think that was kind of the, the theory there mm-hmm. um but the reason you see spacex now you know they they built a what's it called the crew dragon to allow to to be able to take people it's weird when we got rid of the space shuttle it's like we just said mm-hmm. okay that's it we don't need to take we don't need to develop our own way of taking people back and forth <laughs> to space right we'll just let the russians do that yeah, I just think it's funny that we, you know, the space shuttle was designed to be reusable and more economical, and it turned out it wasn't. And then when we scrapped it, we go back to just shooting rockets into space with pods on them. Yeah. Like, oh, it exactly. turns out that was the better way to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you just need to get a little something into space, you don't need reusable space shuttle and all that. Mm. Although, you know, SpaceX has been developing those reusable rockets that come down and land themselves or whatever, which mm-hmm. to me, I don't I don't see how that's more efficient. Um, so you save the rocket itself. You keep from having space debris. Um, mm-hmm. But just the fuel, because you've got to carry the weird thing about space travel. It's not weird, but the thing that. I, I often forget about space travel is when you mm-hmm. lift something off of the surface of the earth mm-hmm. into space or even some portion of going to space, mm-hmm. you not only have to carry the thing you're carrying, you have to carry a crap load of fuel. Right. You're depending on a chemical reaction to be your thrusting force. Um, <laughs> if I have to take my chances between the ocean and a rock, I'm going to land in the soft ocean. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was always that way in the old sci fi movies. It was always the rocket was landing, it's, you know, with the flames kicking up and the smoke and everything, which they really just would run the footage backwards and make it look like it was landing. So, I always wondered why. I mean, yeah, like you said, how do you, how, how does, how do the, how does the physics of that work? I think some sort of nuclear uh, powered space travel is what we need. Um, yeah, but but Absolutely. I had to look into that, uh, you know, I, I was like, well, how would that work in space? Because then on Earth, you could have a nuclear powered airplane, for example, 
because all you got to mm-hmm. do is get mm-hmm. the jet engine spinning fast enough to you know to give you enough thrust to move you through the air enough to keep you aloft right spinning those jet engines yeah. pushes air out of them right and that pushing that mm-hmm. air out is what gives you the thrust well if you're in space there's no air so how's the nuclear well, it doesn't matter how fast you spin the jet engine it's not going to do anything right there's a dude with a big box fan on the yeah. far on, on the far air end of it you know <laughs> let me turn it up <laughs> people yeah i brought air. air with me <laughs> or like with the solar stuff like people this james webb thing's got me really interested because people talk about mm-hmm. the james webb telescopes got enough fuel for about 20 years mm-hmm. Maybe it was 10 10 to 20 years and i was like well i thought it had solar panels but then the fuel in the solar panels do operate the machine, you know, gives them electricity. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't mm-hmm. give them is the ability to to create thrust to move the thing around to get it into the right position that it needs to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't create thrust with just electricity. You need some yeah. sort of physical substance. And yeah. um, so the way they would do, they would still need, if you had a nuclear-powered jet, or a rocket for a spaceship, you would still need mm-hmm. something that you would heat up and spew out the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another source of energy would be helium-3, which the moon has tons of, like thousands and thousands of millions of tons of helium-3 on the moon, and you could use that as a power source as well. I'm not exactly sure of the physics or the chemistry behind it, but I know that at one time they talked about um, mining the moon for helium-3, bringing helium-3 back to Earth and using it as a power source on Earth. Have you have you ever seen Iron Skies? Um, well, I will say yes, because I've only seen it about a dozen times. Okay, all right, because the helium-3 <laughs> thing reminded me of the whole Iron Skies movie. Oh, yeah. oh. Another funny, uh, interesting. I love that movie, and I was I kept hoping they would come out with the the rumored sequel, but that was, well, there is a... there is a sequel to it, but it's terrible. But it ends, you know, it ends on a cliffhanger that could be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's worth muddling through to get to the end of it to, for the the uh, the little cliffhanger. Something else that's kind of cool about space, you know, because there's so much. As we're completely off <laughs> side railed. You remember how, like in the old sci-fi movies when when like the, the spaceship would be going through the rocket would be going through space and the guy would go out and do a, like a, a a walk on it to fix something with his big wrench. And in mm-hmm. the background there'd be all this like <laughs> yeah. weird, weird it's supposed to be the sound of space. Yeah. That's Almost exactly what space sounds like because they they've turned it from like what is the electromagnetic spectrum over to like where we can hear it and mm-hmm. it literally sounds like that. Oh wow! <laughs> so, I never thought about it's that. Kind of yeah. cool. Like, yeah, and, and I'm like hey, these old sci-fi sound. movies had it right. Other thing <laughs> is in uh, um th- th- like say they get off they they abandon the space station and it sits up there for you know six months or a year or whatever before they go back to it. In 2010, uh, you know, the Arthur C. Clarke book, when they, the astronauts found, was it, what was it, Voyager? Was that the name of the ship? The, in, what was it, in 2001? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, well, when they found that ship and they went into it, 
and they, you know, cranked up the air reserves so they could work around in it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get over how much it smelled. Oh. And that's something you don't really think about. You know, vacuum, it's pristine. and No, but in there, shit rots just as well as it does on Earth. So, you know. Was it Discovery 1? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that is interesting. Because those, those particles will still be floating around in there. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they, it would stink, although it would, yes, it would stink. I was just trying to think of if it would stink and yes, I guess it would, because when things first went wrong, there were still bacteria there Mm -hmm. to decay the body. You know, there was still waste in the body's (laughs) system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess it would stink. And then there was all the, all the, uh, food processing and everything just sitting there. Yeah. You know, and the temperatures have all changed in it because there's no, there doesn't need to be anybody on the satellite. So let's, let's, turn, let's adjust the thermostat like you're the dad leaving, <laughs> leaving the ship. So yeah. it, it would happen. So the other, the other thing that I was noticing on this is, you know, even during the height of the, you know, the Soviets were our, we didn't have to do sanctions on the Soviets, right? We just didn't do stuff together, right? And then they started mm-hmm. cooperating. Uh, in space, they had that moment where the two ships came together and sort of docked and sh- they shook hands and, you know, we sort of had some cooperation with the Soviets. Um, mm-hmm. This, like, this just feels weird because, you know, people are just, the whole world's just going, this is just so bad that we're just, Russia is like persona non grata to everybody now, right? Mm-hmm. And it it sort of feels like, you know, okay, well, it's a thing that's happened and eventually the war will end and things will go back to normal. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's like everything else in 2020. Um, nothing's going back to normal. Right? A new normal. We now have a nuclear armed state. And I don't mean like a North Korea that might have three, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't mean like in a, like a, a Pakistan, India that don't, don't have icbms i mean like russia the the russia the one that has the most nuclear weapons in the world has icb icbms and i guarantee you those work Mm -hmm. (laughs) as opposed Mm -hmm. to their you know their ground uh conventional combat units don't really work as well you know i guarantee these icbms work and seeing what they've done to ukraine uh they'll use them you know Mm -hmm. and to the point where we're not even going to cooperate on this. And it's probably just a negotiation tactic. It's probably just like, hey, if you want us to cooperate in space, you're going to have to lift a few of these sanctions, you know, because it's like one of their only bargaining chips they have. They have gas and space, and that's it. <laughs> that's all they have <laughs> to bargain with. But still, it's just like weird because it's going to be three decades before this gets figured out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we'll have this to come back and listen to. Yeah. Yes. So we right. could see what we thought about it back in the day. But hey, Paul and Steve <laughs> of the future, as you're listening to this, don't forget, this was just the whiskey talking. <laughs> Only moments ago, New York has come under attack. Witnesses claim to have seen hundreds of UFOs. It's opening fire.
these guys anyway? Nazis from the moon. <laughs> That's too much. One word from me, and the invasion from the moon begins. Invasion? Y'all must be tripping. Now, my question is, what do y'all plan to do about it? Because we just happen to have a little something up our own sleeve. All presidents who start a war in their first term get reelected. Und wegen alle diese Untermenschen von der Erdkarte. Shit, this just keeps getting better and better. We are the promise delivered to all mankind. We raise our hands to one nation. The world is sick, but we are the doctors. We've seen us in Valhalla. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, our seemingly endless series on Ukraine continues. Um, we have other <laughs> stuff, too. A new tale of the mysterious traveler just dropped. The Collectors. Yep. Episode 6, The Collectors. Yeah. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, search for new tales of the mysterious traveler. It's a lot of good stuff over there. <laughs> or just type so, mysterious traveler. You'll find it. Trust me. Ah, it comes up. Yeah. Yep. Um, search for whiskey talking. Search for um, we've got issues. <laughs> search for, <laughs> oh, the uh, no bullshit movie review. That's right. Good one. Um, whatever you listen to, whatever you like, uh, feel free to share it. On... We did, we've got everything but a cooking podcast yet. Oh, there's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> cooking with Paul and Steve. What's, what's cooking? Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's probably taken, but that's pretty good. Be, what's cooking? Good looking. There you it's go. Be, what's shaking? Bacon shaking. Um, <laughs> shaking bacon. Shaking bacon. Bacon shaking. The... Um, Common thread is it's me and Paul being, but we we've found that it's impossible not to be us. The one that's least like us mm. is probably Mysterious Traveler because that's just you, you and your uh, actors. Me and my many many very talented, dedicated actor friends. Yeah, yourself included. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, just you know, share what you like and get other people listening because that's really we'd love it if we had rather than a half dozen listeners it'd be great if we had a uh, half dozen hundred listeners just we, <laughs> it would open things up to be able to do more stuff get better equipment would be one thing though that's not even the main thing it's just knowing that a bunch of people are listening will make us it'll elevate our game guaranteed yes definitely and if you're watching on youtube like comment share subscribe and don't forget to hit that bell button so you don't miss a single video go ahead and do it right now we'll wait i'm listening okay, to thanks. space music yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the the um, Alzo Sprach Zarathustra. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<lacht> Gesundheit. <lacht>